You're listening to the Level 5 Podcast, featuring wide-ranging conversations on the subjects that matter in business and management. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 3 of Level 5 Strategies Podcast, Promises Kept. And I, today I'm welcoming my colleague and president of Level 5 Strategy, Michael Carter. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Michael, you've been in that president's seat for about a year now, but you've also had a very distinguished career uh, over the years uh, as a C-suite consultant, as an entrepreneur, as an owner-operator. So you've put lots of wins on the board, probably lots of mistakes on the board. I'd love to sort of reflect on your career and your wisdom and your thinking as it relates to the value of a promise consistently kept and how Level 5 tends to look at the world and that great brands understand and leverage the value of a promise promise as kept. So when you think of being both an owner-operator and an entrepreneur through that lens, what does value promises consistently kept mean to you? It's an interesting statement that in my view, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, it's not rocket science. There's common sense to it, but I think seeing it brought to life and being deliberate about it and conscious of it just changes the frame of thinking, right? I think when I started out earlier in my career, um, some of it came naturally to me because it's the type of leader that I am. It's the type of business I wanted to run. But when I look back and I think about had I been more deliberate, more structured in my thinking and really appreciated the meaning of that statement, quite frankly, it probably would have helped accelerate some of the growth, some of the progress I could make as a company because you could you know, leverage it as a filter to make decisions, to build plans around, to hire people around. And so while I look back and I go, you know, proud of myself for having done some of those things and what that actually means to the company, I think it's what I love about it at level five is it's it's not just a statement. It's something that we embrace from a how we do our work, how we build strategic plans, how we navigate transformation. It's it's kind of the the North Star or the the lens through which we pass everything. And I think it just creates a very structured, disciplined approach to how you, as an owner-operator, how you run your business, as an, op- as an entrepreneur, how you start and create that business. And that's the big aha moment for me when I got to level five, when I look back on my, my, my startups and, and the work I did as an owner-operator versus how we approach that statement with clients. Well, let's talk about how we approach that statement with clients then. So you talk about that's how we, we run level five, right? The value of a promise consistently kept. But it is how we, are we encouraging our clients to look through the same lens as a framework, as a North Star? I think so, because I mean, again, I've been here for a couple of years. I've had the benefit of looking, I mean, I've done go-to-market strategies, growth strategies, helping with strategic planning. Um, We did a post-merger integration project for a fairly sizable company. And part of that secret sauce is us thinking about brand and all of this and looking at it through the lens of a customer. And I think you can leverage that philosophy, if you will, regardless of the work that we're doing, because it kind of anchors back into how are you creating value for the company, for you know the brand itself, which is at the center of all that. But I think it, it kind of permeates through every type of project we do. And I think it's a lens and a, and a filter that we approach to all of our projects, quite frankly. And it kind of anchors our thinking and how we, you know, it provides focus, it provides discipline, it provides a, a foundation for which we build and and work with our clients through. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you to wear two hats, owner-operator and entrepreneur hat. Let's start with unpacking value promise consistently kept, and let's start with value. Um, 
you know, what would be your approach as an entrepreneur or an owner operator in terms of uncovering value or realizing value to grow your business? Yeah, you know, for me, it's interesting. When I, early in my career, someone made this statement that resonated for me. Is they lumped businesses into one of two things. They're either pain pills or vitamins. And I was always a big fan of pain pills. I was always a big fan in the two companies that I had and built over time. It, start, it boiled down to what promise, or sorry, what, uh, what problem were we trying to solve? Right. And so the effort up front to really understand that, the, the research, the data, the making sure you have a really great appreciation for what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go with your company. We oftentimes talk about, about narratives and establishing that North Star. But to me, that upfront um, homework, if you will, to understand what you're trying to do, understand what your strengths are, what you're trying to build, goes a long way at kind of revealing what value you're trying to create in the marketplace. And a lot of that starts with listening. And I think we do a good job of that even at level five. But I remember early on in my the, the, my companies, it was really critical that we not only listened to our clients, obviously we had investors, we were raising money, we had uh, you know employees. It was making sure that you, you, you listened, you understood the market, you understood the problem you were trying to solve. And that really ultimately brought the value to the surface in my view. It really exposed where the opportunity was and allowed us to build a plan or build a business around how to capitalize on that kind of value creation. So it's interesting. You're talking about truly understanding the drivers of value in the yeah. marketplace, right? You know, the, the, the drivers of value for customers. There's another dimension of value that's quite provocative. Uh, and that is, is that your brand itself has value. And we do a lot of work with brand finance out of the UK who do a lot of brand valuations following traditional accounting methods. And, and they've discovered that brand value is typically somewhere between 10 and 30% of enterprise value. So think about that for a moment. If you've got a $100 million company, your brand could be worth 20 to $30 million. And, you know, as a former CMO, we, we talked around the executive suite of, yeah, the brand's important and I need the brand to drive growth. But I never really thought of the brand as a measurable asset, as an intangible asset that drives growth. And I wonder, you know, again, when you think of yourself as a president or a former CEO, do you think of the brand that way as having value that drives growth or is it just another marketing tool? No, I, I think it's the former, quite frankly, because I, I look back and I think, especially as you know, startups and growing a business and ultimately selling those businesses, the brand value is really the accelerator on value to me. I mean, a lot of times you'll get in and investment bankers will come in and they'll, they'll, they, they rip apart the financials and they create a baseline. But what's the premium people are willing to pay for your business or what's the premium you can create? It really boils down to brand value in the marketplace. It's reputation. It's it's, you know, what are your customers saying about you? What is the market saying about you? It's getting people excited about your brand, both investors, clients, and what have you, that I think really fundamentally drives the market value of your business. Yes, you've got the foundations and the fundamentals that you have to excel at, but to me, it's the extra pop. It, it's really what drives, it's, it's a much bigger accelerator of, of growth. It's a much bigger accelerator of uh, financial value creation, if you will. Um, in any business, let alone being an entrepreneur and starting up from scratch or being an owner operator at that point in time. So I guess the question really when it comes down to value, Michael, is as an owner operator, CEO, CFO, CEO, um, do you really know what drives value in, in, in the marketplace? Bit of a rhetorical question, but I think that's something for owner operators to think about. What are the real drivers of value in the marketplace? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so the next component is promise. You know, what do we stand for? What promise do we make the marketplace? What promise do we make our employees? Um, you know, what makes a great promise to the marketplace? Yeah, for me, I think first and foremost, it's something that's simple. It's it's easy to understand. It's it's something that whoever your audience, whoever you're intending that promise, um, intending that promise, whoever you're targeting that promise for, it's something they can relate to, that they get. It can't be uh, unachievable. It can't be something they don't understand. It's something that they can, to me, it's something that they can grasp and get. And, and it's something that they can rally behind, quite frankly. And I think it's important to be a little provocative. I think it's something, it's important to be a little aspirational. And in doing so, I think it gets people excited about what you offer as a company or where you're going as a company if you're an employee. So I think all those elements are really critical to a great promise in the marketplace. And you're kind of pushing the envelope to draw people in. And again, could be raising money as an owner operator, as an entrepreneur. It's getting, someone once said to me, you know, I had a mentor when I was early, early in my years starting a company. And he said, your job is to get people in the room to close their eyes and you're painting the movie on the back of their eyelids. You want to get them to dream. You want them to get to think about what's possible with you as a person, as, a, as an entrepreneur, what's possible as you're pitching to a client about what it's like to work with you and what you can do for them and what problems you're trying to solve. And that, to me, really started to get me excited about the story and, and what is the brand story? What is your company's story? And, and how you drive people's enthusiasm and excitement around the opportunity to be a part of that. Well, Michael, you've talked a lot about value. You've talked about Promise being that North Star, I, perhaps the most important part is consistently kept. How does your organization, whether it's a startup or an established organization, consistently keep their promise? What lessons have you learned uh, from both those perspectives about effectively keeping your promise to the marketplace? Yeah, and I agree with your statement. I mean, it, it is equally, if not more important than the promise part, right? A lot of companies put promises out there and then then don't deliver on those. And I think over time that that kind of obviously adversely affects their brand value, their organization, and their positioning in the marketplace. I've always, part of what I love about Level 5 and the work that we do is we look at brand as your entire business system. So this notion of a value of a promise consistently kept, it's a reflection of every part of your business. And so I know with as an entrepreneur when I was first getting started, we didn't have a lot of money for marketing. We didn't have a lot of money. We, we logos and taglines and websites. In fact, I remember getting accused of being too undercover because we really didn't do any of that stuff and no one knew anything about us. But my whole mantra was flawless execution. So it really was on the consistently kept part. And if we were fortunate enough to, to win your trust to go and deliver, we, we sure as hell better make it work. And we better make sure that we live up to that promise. And again, I didn't have that concept or that philosophy in my mind at the time, but I just had this belief that if we could follow through on what we were saying we were gonna do and do it well, um, that was way more powerful than me telling the market what I was gonna do and, and building a tagline and, and communicating that promise to the marketplace. Our customers ended up being our biggest champions. They were the ones that were telling everybody about us. They were the ones that led to more business, the referrals. And to me, that's so much more powerful. Right? That's so much more powerful than um, just staking a claim or making that promise. You better be able to deliver on that. And so for me, it was all about flawless execution and making sure the rest of your company was behind that promise and could deliver on it. Let's lift off that if we could. So how do you how do you mobilize your employees, the front line, you know, people down through the organization, maybe people that are working in remote locations, maybe you're dealing with strategic partners or franchisees. How do you mobilize that group to keep the promise? Yeah, you know, for me, it, it boils down to ensuring that 
you know, the entire organization understands and can relate to your purpose as an organization and where you're trying to take the company. Uh, I think at the heart of it, it also comes down to values and, and making sure that I don't care whether you're an administrative assistant or uh, the chief sales officer is everybody has a really strong understanding and appreciation for what those foundational corporate values are because to me that guides behavior, it guides decision making, it's how we treat each other, it's how we treat our clients. Um, and if that's the common thread that weaves throughout your organization, regardless of whether you're you know, a 30-person small owner-operated company or a 100,000-person company scattered around the world, um, that's a foundation you can build on. And, and as long as everybody's aligned to those and, and embraces those elements, I think it's a great platform, if you will, to build consistency, to build authenticity, to, to ensure you're doing everything you can to deliver on your promise to the marketplace. So you talked about promise, you talked about purpose, mm -hmm. and, and you talked about those corporate values to, to shape and guide behavior. What's the CEO or president's job as it relates to those values? Well, I think first and foremost, you lead by example. And so I need to make sure that I'm, you know, my actions, how I treat people, how I treat customers, other stakeholders, they sure as better heck reflect those values or else how can I expect you or anybody else to, to follow suit if I'm not embracing them to the fullest. Um, I also think it's rewarding people and recognizing uh, and celebrating uh, people within the organization who are genuinely embodying those values and, and whether they be, you know, with, with live examples and, and performance. But it's, you know, so for me, it starts with me. It starts with me demonstrating those values and living those values to the fullest, and then making sure that you know you're you're rewarding and recognizing others for doing the same thing. And I think that filters down the organization as you go. And I guess that then naturally finds its way into the customer experience. When you're to. designing and mapping and monitoring the customer experience, and you make that promise that's fulfilled through the customer experience. I guess it's a matter of having the people and the operations and the training in place to deliver that promise consistently. Yeah, and it's fit, right? I mean, I think that's why it's you know it's so important to make sure you've got the right people on your team. And it's, it's how you recruit, it's how you reward, it's how you elevate people's games. I mean, I've always been a believer with people that, you know, my job as the CEO is to, um, you know, add as much fuel to the fire as I can and step away, fan the flames and let you run. Um, and, and to me, that's, Again, it's, it's, if I'm not a great reflection of the values of the organization and I'm not encouraging and providing the organization with the tools to live those values and giving them the opportunity to perform and, quite frankly, be better than they might have thought they were capable of being, then I think it's a failure. Like, I think I, I failed if I haven't been able to do that. So, Michael, when you think back again at, at your long and, and storied career across so many different sectors um, and value of a promise consistently kept, um, is, there, is there a big learning or a mistake you might have avoided had you really embraced this, this idea early on? Or can you point to maybe you didn't articulate it, but you followed value promise consistently kept and it resulted in a big win? Yeah, like I, I think it's where I started. You know, I think there were some elements of that philosophy that I naturally did. But when I look back and I look at the work that we do at Level 5, had I been more deliberate or disciplined uh, in thinking about what that philosophy means, I think it would have, you know, probably would have smoothed out the highs and lows a little bit better than, than I encountered. 
it would have provided a, a, a lens or a filter through which I can pass, you know, as we plan for the future, as we build product, as we recruited, as we, you know, um, fulfilled our promise to the marketplace, I think it would have provided just so much more focus and discipline and structure, deliberate focus around our progress as a company. And I think it could have had a material impact on, um, you know, how fast we grew, um, decisions we made, and the impact ultimately we could have on all stakeholders, be it our employees, our customers, our investors, and what have you. So to me, it's just more, like I said, it's, you know, it's, there's a, if you step back and think of that statement, there's a lot of common sense in, in there, but that's not to say people think about it deliberately in, in a structured way uh, and turn it into action. It's a nice statement, but unless you really understand and appreciate it and, and, and think about how that might influence your behavior or your decisions or your planning, it's just a statement. Michael, I, I just got two more questions for you, and it, it's it's related to your, you know, you're now the president of Level Five, and uh, together with the team, you've struck a new purpose statement to the marketplace, and, and you've created a new brand promise to the marketplace that relates mm -hmm. to all of this stuff. And the purpose is about inspiring our clients and each other to grow and thrive. Um, where did that come from? What is the origin of that idea? And as the president of Level Five. You know, when you make that promise or uh, to the marketplace about helping our clients and each other grow and thrive, what does it mean to you personally? You know, I think we're in the people business. Everything we do is about the relationships we have with our team and with our clients. And I think as consultants, in a lot of cases, our job is to make sure that whoever our sponsor or the people that we're working with have the opportunity to shine. And, and in helping them shine, we help their organization shine. And so it really boils down to... And that's why I like the two parts of our statement in terms of helping our clients and each other grow and thrive, because um, in terms of the work that we do and deliver, we're doing it for people and with people. We're not doing it to companies and with companies. And so the opportunity to help our clients, and when I say clients, I mean the people side of it thrive, I think is a really critical part of our value proposition. Because we always talk about leaving, you know, elevating our clients' game, leaving them in a better place as individuals than when we started with them. And I think that's just a powerful um, a powerful objective in what we do. And then the same goes for our team. I mean, it's, you know, I think we take that very seriously at level five in terms of allowing the individuals on our team to elevate their game, to push the envelope, to, to perform at a level beyond where they may have thought they were capable of. And we always talk about imposter syndrome and things like that. But I just think if that's our primary objective as an organization, I think we've done really well. We've done something right because we've, we've affected people, which ultimately benefit our company and it benefits our clients' companies as well. Okay, finally, promises kept is our new promise to the marketplace. What does that mean? Yeah, I love it because I love the simplicity of it. I love how it, um, it, reflects, it reflects our purpose, quite frankly, because we are all about making a commitment to our clients, making a promise to our clients in terms of what they've signed on with us to do. And it's easy for us to tell them we can do it and you lay it all out and you map it all out, but we sure as heck better deliver against that. And so for us, it's, to me, it's a reflection of what we bring to our client work. It's a reflection of what we offer our employees. I think it's a reflection of what we offer, you know, our stakeholder, any stakeholder, if you will, could be partners, could be the owners of the organization. Um, but what I love about it is it's, it's, it's not just uh, market driven. It, it, it's a reflection of our purpose, both to our clients and to our team internally.
Michael, thank you very much for this today uh, and your thoughts on value promise consistently kept and your thoughts as, a, as an operator and now the president of Level 5. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to Strategy Lounge, the Level 5 podcast. To learn more about our work, please visit level5strategy.com.